Imagine your team losing a game since the trade deadline. It could not be me, and it could not be these Texas Rangers winning their eighth straight to get the A's. We're talking about all that and Max Scherzer's dominance on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Wednesday, August 9th. Your Rangers are 68 and 46, alone in first place atop the AL West by three games ahead of those stinking Houston Astros. Thank y'all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before I break down the Rangers' eighth straight win, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB or enter promo code LockedOnMLB for a free white tech hat just like this for with any order. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. Now, the Rangers won 6-1, to a pretty drama-free game against the Oakland A's. Take the series win, three straight series wins, going for three straight series sweeps in the afternoon game tomorrow, or I guess today, with Jordan Montgomery on the hill. And the Rangers got a great performance from their newly acquired Mets ace. Still pretty good, like the old acquired Mets ace. The Rangers are undefeated in games started by last year's Mets aces in Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer. And this one, the the Mets are paying $25 million to not pitch for their team. He he looked pretty good. He looked like I might pay him $25 million to pitch for my favorite team. But the Rangers are absolutely incredible right now. Everything is going right for Texas. The top of the lineup, the bottom of the lineup, the defense, the pitching, the bullpen, the just... Everything outside of injury luck is going incredibly right for the Rangers. And this has been the team that we've expected. This is the team that has been this good for the most part in the month of April, in the month of May, and in the early part of June. This was the best team in all of baseball, I thought, for at least the first two and a half months of the season. Even with those Rays starting off on that 13-game winning streak, Rays got some really bad luck about Shane McClanahan, who probably won't pitch again this year, which which really freaking sucks for baseball and really sucks for the Rays. But, you know, this Rangers team, things are really breaking their way. I mean, it was just not a close game in this one. The Rangers got key contributions from the top third of their lineup, who are just all incredibly hot right now. Although, I wouldn't really necessarily qualify Seager as hot. The reason is, he's just always like this right now. He is just the best hitter in all of baseball. That's what Corey Seager is. He has just been the best hitter in all of freaking baseball this year. He's got a 1,069 OPS on the season, a slash line of 355 on base, 412, slugging 657, He's slugging over 600 against lefties and righties. He's doing against literally everybody. He had 19 home runs on the season, 31 doubles on the season, still zero triples. And, um, you know, he's trying to leg out a triple that cost him a month and a half. And if he didn't do that, then, I mean, the numbers he's on pace for, if he was healthy for the entire season, because he's been absolutely incredible, basically from the second he has gotten on the field. I mean, he didn't have a whole lot of home runs before he got injured with that hamstring injury, what, two-ish, three weeks into the season that he missed 
basically six weeks. And then once he came back, that's when he started hitting the home run ball. And you know, right now he's only played in 72 games. And if you just double that out, say that was his full season. Say he only played 144 games this season. He would be he would have 38 home runs, 62 doubles, and 132 RBIs. It's just unbelievably good what he's been doing and he has been comfortably i'd say the best hitter in baseball his expected batting average literally best in baseball his barrel rate in top two percent of baseball expected woba um expected slugging percentage both those in the top one percent of baseball heart hit percentage average exit velo all those in the top two percent of baseball the guy's just been absolutely incredible stinging the baseball every single time he makes contact walking at a great rate not striking out at a great rate hitting the ball for average hitting it for power getting on base just doing damage barreling literally everything righties lefties hard throwers soft throwers it just doesn't matter what you throw at Corey seager he's going to hit the ball the opposite field he's going to pull the crap out of it he is going to just barrel literally anything you throw at him it is always going to come off of his bat at you know 95 or more miles an hour just pretty much everything that he hits is 95 miles an hour or more which is a hard hit ball the guy is just unbelievable and one of the best pure hitters i think i've ever seen in the game of baseball i, I knew that he was a good hitter coming in I, I knew that when the rangers signed him i was overjoyed and i thought okay well the guy's defense is going to be kind of terrible at shortstop and he's going to hit the absolute snot out of the baseball not going to hit for the most power but it'll be pretty good and then all he's done since he's been on the rangers is just hit the absolute tarnation out of every single baseball play Pretty good defense at shortstop this year. It's been a, a pretty big upgrade, it feels like, this year compared to last year. Maybe that's because the Rangers are actually competitive this year, and they match their season win total from last year with tonight's win, and it is August uh, 9th. Um, yeah, let's see. It's, it's technically August 8th for two more minutes while I'm recording this, but by the time you're listening to this, it will be August 9th, and the Rangers already have as many wins as they did last year. And I feel like there were a few places that this is about what the rate they expected the Rangers to do. There were some places that thought, oh, maybe the Rangers will lose like 90-ish games this year, which was absolutely unfathomable to me. After you buy an entirely new rotation, you have Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, who have been here for a year. And Marcus Simeon has also been one of the hottest hitters in all of baseball since the All-Star break. In his last 15 games, he's hitting 339 with an on-base over 420 and slugging 576. He's got three home runs in his last seven games and a slugging percentage of 741 during that span. He's just been unreasonably good, you know, hustling out base hits, including a a infield hit that scored Sam Huff. Sam Huff, the catcher from second base on an infield single by Marcus Simeon. Those are the kind of things that are going right for the Rangers. When you got Sam Huff, the 6'5", 200 plus pound catcher scoring from second base on an infield hit. That's just when things are going, everything is going your way, except for, unfortunately, that injury luck. But the Rangers had some injured aces. They they traded for another ace and Max Scherzer. We, we saw what he looks like at his peak. We saw a, a struggle, a bit of a struggle for him in his first start. But once he got going, he was absolutely incredible this start. We saw what he looked like at his peak. But Nathaniel Lowe, like I said, in that top three of the order, Lowe in the second half has been just as good as he was last year in the second half through 23 games after the all-star break he's hitting 333 with an on-base of 444 and slugging 590 a 1034 ops which could be just a little bit higher if the wall was just a little bit lower in oakland had a double his 32nd of the season should have been his um his where we go his fifth home run since the all-star break instead it was his seventh double since the all-star break but the guy continues to absolutely mash baseballs those top three in your order plus uh of course adolis garcia hitting four that one through four even with the injury sustained to your number five and six hole hitters and 
Ezekiel Durant not quite being what he has been in the first half. And Lou Tavares, we've seen him start to figure a few things out uh, a little bit more recently. And, you know, if Robbie Grossman and Travis Jankowski are your, you know, seven hole hitters at this point, or I guess six hole hitters at this point, then um, you're still in a really good place because those top four are as good, I'd say, as any other top four lineup in all of baseball coming up we're gonna look at max scherzer's dominance what we can expect from him and why this is just the tip of the iceberg and a fun little moment from max scherzer that shows you the absolutely insane level of competitor that he is the first let's read from our sponsors This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are the most comfortable shorts and pants you will ever wear. They've also got some sweet hats as well, and I'm, I'm wearing the pants, but I don't want to stand up and, and mess up my, my headset and my microphone by, by showing them off, but I literally cannot take my Bird Dogs off. They are so freaking comfortable. Bird Dogs make you look good. Bird Dogs have stretch khaki shorts to designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg to give you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts, shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long even as I'm recording this that it is uh, you know 94 degrees at midnight. Um, of course I am still my top half is is a little sweaty but my bottom half is just cool as can be because Bird Dogs keep you cool. So go to birddogs.com slash lockdown MLB or enter promo code lockdown MLB for a free white tech hat with your order that looks a little something like this it is a very very nice and very comfortable hat as well that's birddogs.com slash lockdown mlb or promo code lockdown mlb for a free white tech hat you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you shout out to the everydayers for making lockdown rangers your first listen every single day on Thursday show, I'll be trying to get a crossover with Jason Burke of Locked on A's to break down this series and hopefully the Rangers' ninth straight win. The Rangers take on the A's this week and catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, Max Scherzer is the Rangers' new ace, newly acquired ace, and he had a phenomenal outing in this one. Like I said, seven innings of just one run ball, which falls into my elite category that I broke down different categories of how I kind of think of starts in five different ways. Either elite is seven innings or more um, in one run or fewer. Um, I guess I think I said two runs or fewer, but still, that is the definition of a very, very good start because the Rangers, I mean, it wasn't necessarily high leverage, almost any high leverage. The Rangers had a one run lead for, you know, and the second inning and third inning, and then the top of the fourth inning, they dropped three spot. And then that was all the Rangers needed to go the distance in this one. The Rangers only gave up just the one run on the one home run. We have been warned many times in my comments and from everywhere, from every Mets fan ever, it's like Max Scherzer gives up a bunch of home runs. Well, he's, he's only given up a one in two starts. And granted, it is against the Oakland A's and against the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox do have quite a few home run hitters, but they kind of babbipped him to death in the first one when he got nine strikeouts in six innings. This time he had fewer strikeouts than innings pitch, which I said was probably going to be the case because no matter who is in this Oakland A's lineup, no matter how bad the team is, they do not strike out a lot. They have really annoying prolonged at-bats, but Max Scherzer was very, very efficient in his pitch count, only needed 89 pitches to get through seven innings, and the last couple of innings were, were prolonged a little bit more than 
that he would have liked, which um, was being prolonged literally at all. Anything more than immaculating, I'm sure, pisses him off because he gets pissed off at a lot of things, including he only gave up three hits tonight, but Max Scherzer thinks it only should have been two. There was a ball that was hit to first baseman Nathaniel Lowe that was, you know, probably a ball that he could have handled and I think probably should have been ruled an error. And after he was walking off the mound in the se- at the end of the seventh inning, he went and had a very animated discussion, Max Scherzer does, with the home plate umpire, they just pointing out the finger, number one, number one. I, I thought initially, oh, that means he wants one more inning from Bruce Bochy. He's only thrown 89 pitches, he thinks. I can go out there, I can get eight innings, and, you know, maybe if I'm really efficient that I can go and, and get the full complete game, not shut out, but a complete game, one um, one run. But that wasn't the case. He was complaining about uh, the error that he thought should have been charged in Daniel Lowe so that he could be charged with one fewer hit, which literally didn't matter. He stranded the runner anyway. But just that's the kind of look at the guy Max Scherzer is. We heard a whole bunch about how he is such a competitor, how he's such a fiery guy, very outspoken. That is one of the things that... uh, that Ryan Finkelstein of Locked On Mets said, you're going to notice that pretty quickly. He does not have a problem speaking his mind. We literally saw that in the opening press conference where he said, yeah, no, the Mets said they were going to suck this year or next year and just kind of, you know, lit that match and, and walked away, which I, I don't think was him really lighting all that much on fire. The Mets fans getting mad at him for saying that, again, I think is hilarious and overblown because he's not the one that made that decision to for the team to be bad in the next couple of years. And they're probably going to trade him whether he said that or not. And like, there's, these Mets fans are getting mad about them not being able to recruit free agents. Well, if your owner's not going to spend to you know fix your competitive window in 2024 or 2025, then like no matter what Max Scherzer said, it doesn't matter. But anyway, this is the kind of loud, outspoken, very you know, a guy who's got a lot of respect in the league, a lot of skins on the wall. He was he has been a a member of the players' union, a big, loud, outspoken member. The Rangers had two guys who were on the players executive board when they were facing this lockout Marcus Simeon and Max Scherzer two guys that are extremely well respected around the league he's a guy who's got multiple Cy Young awards um, I believe it's I believe it's three Cy Young awards and uh, you know he has just been incredibly long tenured and, and well respected he's a loud fiery guy the Rangers don't have a whole lot of that in their team I think that he could provide something that the Rangers have not had in a while this is a team of a lot of laid-back chill i don't want to talk i don't want to be loud not spoken i'm just going to lead with my play on the field that's Corey seager that's marcus simeon that's i think nathaniel lowe to a degree and it's also jacob grom i think that's fine i think nathan evaldi is a little bit like that as well i can't really get a read on the vibe from him um but <clears throat> from the reporting i've seen and from everything that i've seen that's mostly what what has been this team's vibe and that's been fine and it's led to them winning a whole lot of games but i think every once in a while you need somebody that will be loud will say something that will yell that will get very very animated now if you have too much of it i think it could definitely be a very toxic work environment bruce bochi is not going to be that guy for the most part he knows when to which is not very often but having a guy in the room on the team that you know has that experience has that respect that he has earned and is contributing to a team the team in a big way which 
Max Scherzer is. I think that's something that can get guys fired up in ways that the rest of this team really couldn't do. I think Josh Young eventually could be that kind of vocal leader, but right now he's a rookie, and well, uh, right now at the second he is, um, I believe Wednesday is when he's actually undergoing a surgery. I think yesterday I said he had already undergone it. That's what I'd seen on Twitter. That was not the case. He's undergoing that surgery, I believe, scheduled for Wednesday, which he will be out six weeks, and it seems like he will be back towards the end of the regular season to maybe wrestle away that AL Rookie of the Year from Gunnar Henderson, but that's not a point four here nor there. But having a guy like Max Scherzer, who is not at all afraid to speak his mind in the most vocal of ways, I think it'll be a good thing for this team. We've seen the upside of Max Scherzer, and, and literally just last year, all these people were wanting to say that Max Scherzer is not necessarily cooked, but oh, there's no way he can get back to the version of Max Scherzer that has been great. We've seen flashes of brilliance from Max Scherzer this year. We've seen it in innings two through six. In his first start, we saw it in basically all of this start. This guy has got a huge, huge ceiling, and it would not be a surprise at all to me if he is the Rangers game one starter in whatever playoff series they're in, even over Nathan Eovaldi, assuming that he does get healthy for the postseason, which I think will be the case. But still, this is a guy with multiple Cy Youngs, a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. This is the kind of guy you want on your team. You kind of wish that it was Jacob DeGrom, um, that he was healthy, that you didn't have to give up Luis and Helicuna to go get Max Scherzer, but that's where you are. Injuries happen to everybody, to every pitcher. The Rangers knew that. That's why they bought an entirely new rotation. That's why they have still traded for two guys at midseason, and they are never. you can never have enough starting pitching. The Rangers finally feel like they might just have enough starting pitching with Max Scherzer as their new ace. Coming up, we're going to look at some of the other things, the little things that the Rangers did right, why it was so encouraging for some of these guys to get in on the action, and a little bit of wildness in Baltimore, and the Rangers should have gotten an extra game of separation on those stinking Houston Astros. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Do you think that Jordan Montgomery is going to have a great second game with the Rangers? Do you think Corey Seager is going to have another home run? Well, if you do, then on Sleeper you can swing for the fences with up to 100 times payouts. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and select more or less on their stat categories like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right and you could win big. So, Use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms used for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day on Friday's show. We'll be breaking down what happened with the Rangers in the minors this week. The Rangers take on the A's this week and catch every pitch for the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, the Rangers have eight straight wins. Everything is going right for them outside of that, you know, unfortunate injury luck. But... The Rangers are getting contributions from all the way up and down their lineup, including from Ezekiel Durant, who has been in a pretty rough way. He did have that home run when he came in for Josh Young whenever he got injured on Sunday, and then he had 
maybe his second best at bat of the season. His best at bat was by far was the opposite field home run that he had against Shane McClanahan, where he homered off, I believe it was a changeup outside the zone to the opposite field, the first oppo shot of his big league career. That was an incredible at bat. This one was also very, very impressive. It came against JP Sears in the top of the second inning. It was a seven pitch at bat that ended in an RBI single to put the Rangers on the board on a 94.6 mile an hour fastball. Now, I've seen a lot of reports about you know, the thing that, that Ezekiel Durant is doing really well this year is that he's hitting the crap out of fastballs. That really has not been the case for him. He has done much better against the off-speed stuff, against the breaking stuff, but he his run value against uh, four-seam fastballs is negative four, whereas sliders, he is plus two. Sinkers, he is minus three. Curveballs, plus two. And changeups, he is plus four. Also, if you want to go into the other ones, they're all kind of about average that he doesn't see a whole bunch of but basically uh, the point is that he is hitting the off-speed stuff very very well and it feels like as of late he is not hitting it nearly as well he's hitting 288 against um sliders and 214 against four seam fastball so just for those of you who are who are looking at that he is slugging significantly higher he does have a higher you know iso against fastballs than he does against sliders but still that is beyond the point i mean he just has been in a really really well played rough way and to see him battle like this against a pretty decent starter jp sears has had a couple of really good games this year he's got an era around in the four ish range the rangers were able to get to him early and chase him from this game because of some really quality at bats from all the way up and down the line they got a three hit game from seager two multiple hits from everybody in the top of their lineup i mean even Nathaniel reached base three times, had a multi-hit game um, and reached base three times. And Robbie Grossman, of course, the day after I just trashed him mercilessly for his defense, he had a, a fine defensive day. He was not bad in defensively. He was fine. He was passable. It was it was okay. We survived, all of us, the Robbie Grossman defensive experience. But offensively, like I said, like I said, I did say nice things about Robbie Grossman that against lefties, hitting wise, he is he's very good and he continues to be very good this year against lefties. He's got an 882 OPS now, hitting over 300 against lefties, slugging 500 with an on base of 382. That's solid. That's really solid. Again, it does not make up for some of the defensive miscues he's had, but I. I take back what I said about rather seeing Sam Huff in the outfield defensively, but actually, I don't know, after he motored around uh, second base or from second base to score on that Marcus Simeon infield single, maybe maybe Sam Huff would be okay out there in left field, but it's really just good to see a multi-hit game from Sam Huff, his second multi-hit game of the season. The other one came against the White Sox earlier uh, a couple weeks ago, um, or I guess a week ago at the beginning, I believe, of this yeah, uh, the, the the in the middle of this this stretch, the second game, he had a three hit game there, and we've seen when Sam Huff gets hot, he is absolutely has as much raw power as literally anybody in the minor leagues this year. He's had some really really impressive numbers, hitting 298, which is by far the best at any minor league stint outside of you know 2018 rookie league. He had. 28 games there where you hit 330, but the average is, is much, much higher. The on-base, the walk rate is significantly higher. It had a 389 OPS in 250 plate appearances at AAA Round Rock and slugged 546, 14 bombs for him, 12 doubles in those 252 plate appearances in AAA Round Rock. The guy has got a lot of pop. He is walking. He is having a much more advanced approach, and when he gets into one like we saw in Houston, he can tattoo it just about as far as anybody in Major League 
League Baseball. The guy has got raw pop for days. He is a legit catcher. Not going to be an elite one. Not going to be Jonah Heim or Austin Hedges level. But he's going to be fine there. Competent defensively at first base as well. He's been competent there as well. And as your DH, especially against lefties, I think that's fine. I think I can survive the Robbie Grossman experience if this is what the lineup looks like against left-handed pitching with Zeke Duran at third base, with uh, with Robbie Grossman at left field, and with Sam Huff at DH. I think that's fine. It's good. You need to get this guy consistent at bats for him to grow. He is a guy who could be a part of your future. You're losing Mitch Garver next year, and um, you know catcher is a a very tough to stay healthy position. You could beat up a whole whole bunch and. Um, we know what, what Jonah Heim is at his peak, but having a backup catcher who can step in and provide you some pop in your lineup and be fine defensively and um, you know, occasionally be your DH or even be your primary DH, as I, I thought Mitch Garver would be this season. We've seen how valuable that is with what Mitch Garver has been doing as of late. Don't look at what he did today. It was, it was fine. He had, he had an off day. His eight-game hitting streak was finally snapped um, since I believe it was basically during um, almost all of these games outside of one he's played almost all of these games so he's going to get a day off on Wednesday um, and then we'll be back I'm assuming in the lineup on Friday against the San Francisco Giants who lost a game to the Angels who had not won since the All-Star break the exact inverse until tonight there was a little bit of drama and it made it a one-run game I believe in the top of the ninth inning or the top of the eighth inning um, but still good for the Angels getting off that L7 Another team who in the division did get a win, unfortunately, tonight was the Houston Astros. This was this was a tough game. The Rangers or the the Orioles, I should say, got to from Valdez for five runs in the first couple innings. Two massive shots, including a 470 plus foot home run off of, I believe it was Ryan Mountcastle was the one that hit it in the first inning. Then they got a home run from there. Uh, I don't know if he was an all-star this year, but but should have been an all-star catcher in Adley Rutschman with a, a two-run shot there. They got to him for five runs in the first couple innings. You think, okay, well, you do that to Framber Valdez, you're going to get away with the win most times with the bullpen that they've got. And they headed into the ninth inning <clears throat> with, of course, a three-run lead. And unfortunately, it just was not to be. Rodon Alvarez came to bat with runners on first and second. Felix Bautista was the one in the game, and he's been the best closer in baseball baseball this year. It, it has not been particularly close. He had a, I believe, 0.5-ish ERA. It was, I think it was sub one, honestly, and now I think it's at one and a half after simply one swing, well, several swings of the bat. Jordan Alvarez had a ball hit to center fielder Jorge Mateo that Mateo probably should have caught, but he's a defensive shortstop by trade and has been playing a little bit in center field. He's got elite speed, so they thought, hey, he'll be all right. And he had a, a home run robbery of Jordan Alvarez earlier in the game, but could not make the play on that one. But the runners only advanced one spot. So it was bases loaded for Kyle Tucker. And what does Kyle Tucker do but ruin the hopes and dreams of Rangers fans? Even in games where the Rangers aren't playing them, thought like, oh, look, the Rangers will be able to gain another game. They'll have a four-game lead heading into the series finale in Oakland. But no, Kyle Tucker hits a, a grand slam to give the Astros the lead, and then the Astros close it out for a win. The Rangers still only have a three-game lead in the AL West, which is a darn shame because they have been significantly better than that. And better than the Astros against winning teams with a winning record. The Rangers had the exact inverse record before this game. I believe it was uh, 32 and 27 against 
against teams that are 500 or better, where the Astros were 27 and 32 against teams that are 500 better. Now they are 28 and 32. So still not a winning record against teams with a winning record, mostly being up on the bad teams. They've done a much better job of beating up on the bad teams than the Rangers have, I believe. Uh, if my memory serves me, the Rangers have not yet swept the A's in a series. They've won every single series, even the, the four-game series they had a little while in Oakland. Um, but they have not swept a series yet in Oakland. So this is the time to get greedy. This is the time to step on their throats. Go get that W. Make it a W9. Head to the other side of the bay for a reunion with San Francisco. Say, hey, I'm Bruce Bochy. Remember me, how I won three World Series rings with y'all? And then you decided basically you were going to go in a different direction. I took a step away. And now I'm back with a new team that is very freaking good. And that is going to hopefully clobber those other side of the other side of the Bay Area, just like they have in this side again. Against, um, the A's but this is a very very good team in a very good place and this is a team that I think has that killer instinct we have seen what they're like we have seen you know how good they can be at times and this is a team that their expected wins wins and loss record is is the best in baseball or tied for the best <laughs> expected wins and loss record in all of baseball they they should have probably an eight game lead in the AL West. They have just been that much better for most of the season. They had some early game slip, the early season slip ups with the bullpen, not being very good with some random um, blow up games and some one run loss difficulty, which again, a lot, a lot of that comes down to, it feels like luck. Now the Rangers, I think are going to be much better right now. They have an eight and 14 record in one run games. I suspect by the end of that end of the season, it will be much better because the Rangers have a much more fortified back end of their bullpen of seven, eight, nine, going Josh Boers, Rose Chapman, and Will Smith. That is a trustworthy bunch where you can win a lot more one-run games than when your only trustworthy reliever is just Will Smith, like the Rangers had for the first two months of this season until Josh Boers rounded into form, until they made the trade for Rolls Chapman and for Chris Stratton and Brock Burke, who also pitched two shutout innings, two perfect innings in this one. I don't know why he's only being used in lower leverage situations. He had a 274 ERA on the season. He doesn't walk anybody. He strikes out a decent amount. I still would like to see him in some more high leverage situation, but the Rangers have three really good lefties in their pen, two pretty good lefties, or two pretty good righties, and a couple other guys that can definitely do a job for you in the right space this is a team on an eight game winning streak hopefully nine games by the end of wednesday but still this is a great time to be a texas rangers fan enjoy the holy heck out of it who knows how long it's going to last i think it's going to last for a little while but still enjoy these moments while they're happening because max scherzer is a texas ranger Corey seager is a texas ranger and this team is on a eight game winning streak thank y'all so much for listening and subscribing and until next time don't forget to enjoy first place texas rangers baseball